This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Gemini. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. Just a reminder that our podcast episodes are now being recorded via video, and you can go to patreon.com slash coven of rejects, and every single tier has access to watch the coven of rejects interviews via video. You guys also get a lot of extra perks over there, so discounts on merch and readings, Additional full-length episodes and segments like my True Crime and Witchcraft, where we talk about true crime in the witchcraft community, and I actually have a new episode dropping today, so make sure you're hopping on over there. You can also watch the full-length videos of Lick It Like a Lollipop podcast, which are available to the High Priestess and Crone tier, but we did go ahead and drop this week's episode to all tiers, just to give you guys a little taste of what we have going on. Patreon members also get discounts on merch, discounts on readings, and then access to all of my other content, which includes full-length episodes with guests and segments with me. I have the True Crime and Witchcraft segment, which I'm actually dropping a new episode on right now, so make sure you guys go over there to check that out. I also have the full-length episodes of Histories of Witchcraft, where I have guests come on and we talk about different histories. I've had somebody come on and we talked about the Salem witch trials and the stories of the individual victims of the trials. I had somebody come on and we talked about now popular Christian holidays that are actually rooted in pagan holidays. We talked about what the those pagan holidays were and some of the traditions and ways that they would celebrate. And there's just so much more over there, you guys. So please, you can click the link in the description on whatever podcast platform you are using and you can go on and listen to that. If you have any questions, you are always welcome to message me on Instagram. My Instagram and my TikTok are Gemini underscore goddess 420. I also created a TikTok backup account, which is Coven of Rejects. So please make sure that you're following me on all platforms. I also wanted to announce that the new tier on Patreon, the Crone tier, I'm actually starting a vlog that's going to be going on there where that tier, you're going to start being able to really see more of what's happening behind the scenes with the podcast and with the brand and with setting things up and things that we have in the works for traveling for interviews and things like that. So I definitely think that tier is growing. We have so much more going on with that. So you guys can go to patreon.com slash coven of rejects to find out everything that we have going on over there. And you can go to coven of to buy merch or book your readings with me. 
And with no further ado, we're getting right into this episode today. I have Sleazy back on the podcast. This is my first return guest. I love our conversations because spirituality always comes up no matter what. And this is one of my friends who doesn't have gifts of his own, who isn't in the spiritual community, and somehow is so in tune and aligned and a master manifester. So with no further ado, here is the episode with Sleazy. Sleazy, I'm so excited that you're here. Yes, thank you. I am honored to be back. I appreciate it. It's so good to see you. Not only back, you are my first guest that can ever say I'm back. I know, that's dope. When you told me that, I couldn't believe that. I was like, that's really cool. So I'm very flattered, very honored. And I love where your podcast journey has taken you. I mean, you have several podcasts, several outlets, your, your brand's growing. And so you're doing, you're doing big stuff. I'm proud of you. Well, thank you, friend. Yeah, I think uh, the first time that was, so first of all, you and it's been you and Paige who have been like the biggest supporters since I started the podcast. And both of you were like my first guests. And uh, I think that it's cool that we all have this friendship connection, but I've never met y'all. Yeah, that's what's crazy. And, and I always call you Sleazy and she always calls you Eric. And so, um, recently because you know she's like back in the dating game or whatever so recently when she was like I'm gonna go hang out with Eric I'm all who the fuck is Eric why are we hanging out with him and uh, then I realized it was you and so I was like oh okay you guys go hang out do your thing hey friends um but yeah it's it's super great to have you back so much has changed in both of our lives since yeah. you were on last there's a lot there's a lot that's changed and then I like this background by the way this background yeah and like I like the lights it's cool I mean that I'm telling you like you just you're doing dope shit but yeah so no I mean the the whole Eric Sleazy thing like I I don't know if I've ever talked about it like I pretty much the reason I got that nickname uh, I played high school basketball and pretty much uh somebody on my team just called me Sleazy E one day and then it just spreaded like wildfire. And then I swear, like, everybody just started calling me. And then I was like, you know, I'm not going to – I'm probably not going to use it, like, after high school. You know, it's like a high school thing. And then in college, I move a bunch of rappers, and they're like, yeah, let's uh, let's rap. And I'm like, all right, I'll bring Sleazy back. And they just stuck. And so it's kind of grown as the brand. And then, you know, some people still call me Eric. I, I accept both. But, yeah, so you can call me Sleazy. Eric, whatever. So I, I think it's funny how different people call me different things. Well, I feel like it's your alter ego. And that's yeah. the thing. I started going by Gemini when it comes to all of my stuff that I do, because especially like the bigger that you get with your name, the more stuff you start to do. I feel like, and maybe it's just me, but as a female, I feel like I want to protect like my self there's a little bit more protection by going with the alter ego instead yeah. of it being your first and last name on the forefront yeah and I, i'll be honest like Paige had just shared with me uh you know pretty much the gemini thing and i thought you know i thought that was dope and then i saw the name change and stuff so yeah it's it's something cool and like i'll be honest like some people would be like sleaze that sounds like a bad thing but like it's just catchy it's my brand and i think it's like funny and like I like too how I spell it. Like a lot of people are different. And what's hilarious is, is like so many people have called me that I mean, from coworkers to friends. 
And then literally like a dude the other day I haven't talked to in years just randomly DMs me and he's like, dude, there's this rapper called Sleazy World. I just want you to know, man, I think he's stealing your brand. So it's just hilarious how like people still look out and stuff like that. So I kind of like it. I, I've like rode with it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just keep riding with this. And then I became a Kentucky Colonel recently. So now it's like Colonel Sleaze. That's, that's what I, that's what what I'm a Kentucky Colonel. So Kentucky Colonel is like this big honor in Kentucky where you can't like make yourself, you can't buy it. Like someone has to nominate you and it has to be for like charitable uh, contributions, like giving back to the community. And so like, somebody nominated me that I worked with and was like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, all your zoo stuff, your Kentucky humane society, like everything you've done over the years, like I'm going to nominate you. So I didn't even like really realize it was going to happen. And then I get this certificate and it's like, it makes me feel like it's like in 1400 England, it's like a, like a scroll almost, but it's like, it was all flat and it comes out and it's like, the governor of Kentucky has named you a Kentucky colonel. And then like the secretary of the state signs it. And so I framed it on my wall. And then what was hilarious was she did not, when she nominated me, like I was very honored and flattered, but three days before I had nominated her. So like, and she like did. So it's just like hilarious how like she didn't even realize. And so she ended up becoming a Kentucky colonel. So it's pretty cool. And then like, I think it's kind of fun to be like Colonel Sleazy or Colonel Sleaze or like even Colonel Eric. Like, it's just pretty cool. Cause like that first week when I got it, I'm not going to lie. I went to my head. I kind of rode with it. I'd be like, somebody be like, one of my friends was like, Hey, what up, Eric? And I'm like, Colonel Eric. <laughs> you have to open up a chicken place now. I know exactly. Everybody. I, what was hilarious was my grandmother and this lady that works with my mom asked my mother, like in private, like, what's he doing with KFC? Like, is it, is it some new position? Like, well, I didn't know he was working with that. I thought he had a different job and I'm like, oh my God, like people really thought that was KFC. So it's pretty hilarious. Could you imagine like when you go up in the ranks at KFC, they, they call you a Colonel or whatever that'd be fucking amazing (laughs) that'd be so fucking dope and like you (laughs) it'd be so hilarious if they had like chicken quantities that you could bring home when you reach certain peaks like you are allowed 30 chicken breasts a month like you know like a a breast a day like because you're colonel status and you know i want to i'll tell you a funny story about kfc that's wild so of course you will you always have stories tell me i've had stories for days but so I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, um, you know, for any of the listeners that didn't know. And, you know, KFC is Kentucky Fried Chicken. And, you know, it's become nationwide. It's become worldwide. And Colonel Sanders, you know, he has like a banner in downtown Louisville on the side of a like an apartment building. They do this in Louisville where they have different like famous people like Jennifer Lawrence, who's from here, Pat Day, who was a jockey, the guy who invented the Louisville Slugger. It'll have like their face and it'll say um, Colonel's Louisville or Jennifer's Louisville. And it just has like their picture and it's on different like landmarks. And so it's just something kind of they do for tourism. And it's kind of neat. And like they have, you know, so Colonel Sanders, he, he's, a, you know, he's pretty legendary. 
nobody's going around like we don't have a Colonel Sanders day or nothing like that but we have like the Colonel's mansion that's like probably 10 minutes from me and Paige's house and so what's crazy is it's this giant white mansion and it's like just it's their it's their uh office now for yum so for kfc brand and everything so he you know he has his his uh legacy here in kentucky and what's crazy is kfc is pretty innovative i didn't realize this like they do a lot of like technology and they're kind of like doing different things different than any other restaurant like i found out recently that they send out vouchers to like when they invent something new to 25 different people and in louisville and they bring them into kfc and butchel and they get to try stuff so it could be like lemonade like say it's a new lemonade like i don't know like cherry lemonade or something they'll bring 25 people in they'll pay them 25 bucks and they'll say like give me a little food review and stuff like that so it's pretty cool i'm waiting for my voucher like i want to be part of this invite one day but i went to an event when i worked for the newspaper and it got, it was at the Kentucky center. And what it was, was it was like this Kentucky day event. It was like this Kentucky themed thing and KFC was there and they had virtual reality KFC. And it was one of the coolest things ever. I was the Colonel virtual and I had a fried chicken and I had to go through this thing. And like, what was crazy was I got these giant goggles on. There's hundreds of people watching you and you're just like, and there's like a KFC employee standing there and there's a big screen and everyone's watching you and you got joysticks and I'm frying chicken, I'm breading it and it's all virtual. And I like this kernel. And here's what's fucking crazy. You had it, you had to go through all these steps, like bread, the chicken, fry the chicken, do all this shit. And then out of nowhere, you're like in this building and it's like to get out, like to, to beat the game you have to feed the kernel. So the kernel head is like this on this door and you stick a chicken wing in his mouth and he's like, and it's like kernel approves. And then next thing you know, the door opens and you're freed and everybody's like, and I'm like, I just like changed a room's lives by my breading of chicken virtually, like fake breading. It was so sick. It's actually funny that we're talking about KFC because uh, we were on the Link Up podcast yesterday and we talked about KFC because, uh, first of all, I am from the West Coast, so I never put two and two together that Kentucky Fried Chicken comes from Kentucky, so don't even don't even get on me about that. Um, <laughs> but I learned that that wasn't even his original recipe. He stole that recipe from, uh, I don't know if it, I think it was a woman who had the recipe. No. So what happened was there was a, um, a black owned family like diner or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so somebody went in and was like, we want to franchise this restaurant. And they're like, Nope, this is a family business. We're not giving out the recipe. We're not doing that. Well, the cook got paid out and he took the recipes and he gave them the recipes. And so Colonel Sanders, or I think it was Colonel Sanders, took those and started making his own shit so it all got stolen from this black owned family restaurant and it was like a family recipe passed down from generations and then he got credit for it and see i'm not shocked because two reasons so many 
black businesses, black families, black ideas have been stolen over the years by white people and by other people. And it's horrible. And if you look back, so many black people have invented so many things and have contributed so important to history. And it's sad how people try to steal people's legacies. Like it's sad in general, anyone stealing anyone's legacies. And then number two, Harlan's Colonel Harlan Sanders, that's his name. Yeah, he has his legacy. Yeah, he built the brand. You know, he's he's the branding around Colonel. And then, of course, like I said, Colonel, the word Colonel is just big in Kentucky. Uh, we had a basketball team called the Kentucky Colonels that was famous for several years. But he had a torn legacy, too. You know, he had racist issues. You know, he I've, I've heard not the best stories about him. So, you know, I'm not shocked at all. And, um, you know, and it, it's it's sad how many like you hear stories over the years of like people's ideas getting stolen and just how it really like is sad because somebody really invented some, especially back in like the 17 or 1800s, you would hear about these battles, like who's going to get the first patent, you know, I'm doing this experiment and, you know, and it's like, people would like die over this shit, you know, it's pretty serious. Well, and you guys are like in the South too. So, yeah, you know, being suppressing other people's voices and then stealing what they have and taking it as your own that it, that is like a huge thing that has been integrated into the south yes. and there's so many movements that you guys have that comes out from there i think right now with making sure that like people's voices are authentically heard and stuff like that so I think that acknowledging that that should, because Paige taught me that yesterday. I had no idea that that was the history of like KFC and whatever, but I think that there's such a good job of recognizing things that are like fucked up that used to happen and being like, yeah. okay, well, it is what it is for that. We can't go back a hundred years and change the chicken recipe, yeah. but we can do better for moving forward and giving different voices. Exactly. And I'm, you know, the thing that I'm very blessed and thankful for is I live in Louisville. Louisville is a lot different than the South. It's a lot different than Kentucky. You know, we're, we're a city. We're a pretty big metropolitan city. You know, I'm a city kid in general. Um, I, I, I represent more of the North anyways. Like, I, I don't like Southern aspect. I don't like the whole, you know, there's just a lot of bad history in the South. Like, I've been all the states. There's a lot of fun to do. And I'm not saying it's all bad, but it's just, you know, it it is sad how, you know, what the South has done to people, just like, you know, in general. But I, I'll say this, that I love how Louisville is definitely, you know, it has its ups and downs, but it's really trying to be different and let people stand out of all races, all color, all religions, and just kind of have freedom of that. And like, um, you know, we have a huge LGBTQ community. We have uh, a lot of events that, uh, you know, try to help out people and back people. So I do enjoy that of Louisville because they do try to be like a, I don't know how they say, like, um, you know, even though it does have some crime issues and gang issues, like they try to be a brotherly uh, city where everybody kind of gets together and, and like feels that bond. So that's what I like, you know, and, and I, what's sad is when you do go through the South, you kind of see how things are still kind of backwards and torn and judgmental, you know, like shit. I, I'll never forget this, like just kind of talking about this, like 
you know, not to get on another subject with it, but it's like a few years ago, I went to uh, Bonnaroo down in Manchester, Tennessee. You know, it's only about hour south of Nashville, uh, hour 30 minutes. And, you know, me and my African-American friends with me and we stopped in a gas station. And, you know, and it's like, he looked at me, he's like, you know, you should just go inside and get the stuff. And like, that's sad to me. Like, that's only five hours south of me, like from where I even live. And so it just, it, you know, it just really wakes you up and makes you realize that like, it's 2022, there's fucking people going to the moon and Mars. And we got people still hating people over color or trying to, you know, just, fucking fuck up their day or delay their day like it, it's sad it really is so that's why like i'm kind of like you know kind of a hater of that southern culture that southern aspect of like you know view kind of everybody less let's take everybody's idea kind of deal if that makes sense i know that even uh like in missouri like even you know midwest there yeah. are places in Missouri that have like housing developments that have signs up that are like no N words here after dark and stuff like that. And it's so disheartening. Um, when I was growing, when I was growing up, uh, we lived in a really bad part of Sacramento, like in the ghetto. And so my school actually, we lived in a nice part, but yeah. it was, there was only like um a couple blocks that differentiated where we lived from um like what you would consider and I'm using like quote air quotes for people that can't see but like what you would describe as the ghetto which yeah. was basically just people that were a little bit less fortunate you know what I mean like there mm -hmm. everybody has that side of town well my school was in that side of town and I was the only white kid at the school and I thought and that was by the way, that was the first time I'd been in public school too, because I'd been homeschooled. So okay. I went from being homeschooled to being put into a very diverse culture. And as an adult, I can see all the different things that I like learned because I had friends that were Hmong and I had friends that were black and I had friends that were Hindu, you know, mm. but being there, I got I had to learn how to fight. I had to learn how to stick up for my, I'd never been in a fight. I'd never said a bad word. Yeah. I, but being in that situation, I was automatically deemed as somebody who was a threat. And like, and like, what is the white girl doing here to like take over what we have? And when you're mm -hmm. a kid, you don't understand why there would be any kind of like judgment based on skin color yeah. or anything else but I I feel like I I'm so grateful for that experience because I learned so much about other people and I was there for I want to say we were there for about two years and then we moved up to the mountains where it was primor primarily white again yeah. and I remember moving there and I would get made fun of right because you think oh the white girl's hanging out with other white girls so now you get along well, no, now I've been exposed to different cultures and I talk a different way and I have a different experience than these people who are racist living in the mountains. Yeah. And so then it was a whole new experience of getting ganged up on by the white kids now because I'm too much like the other people, yeah. quotes again, the other people that I came from. And so I... I can only imagine, and, and I felt like an outsider in both situations, you know? So 
I can only imagine how it feels for people who come from maybe the town that you mentioned in Tennessee or that place in Missouri or whatever. And then these people move on to find new areas of life and you realize, oh, everything isn't like this or holy shit, this still exists over here. Exactly, exactly. And I can, you you hit a lot of things like, the thing about it, I would say this is like, I was very blessed for public school. I'm very thankful for public school. You know, public schools get such a negative view and I get it. It's not perfect. Nothing's fucking perfect. But at the end of the day, public school helped me. I had so many foreign exchange students that changed my life, that I ended up dating, that I ended up going to visit, that that brought me to Norway, brought me to Sweden. Like I have pen pals, people that come visit me in Louisville. It was if I didn't go to public school, I would never have that. They don't have that at private schools. You're not bringing a foreign exchange student to a private school. And then it's like all the friends of men, the sports I got to play. And then, you know, I was always a minority on the sports team. You know, like I played on a lot of all black basketball teams and, you know, those were my boys. Like those are my, my friends. And so I learned so much about different culture. I'd have them over at my house and it's, it's, it's so many cultures I learned about. And, you know, Hispanic, everything. Like, my best friend is Muslim that I met in college. So I am accept, I am so accepting and not judgmental. And I get so disheartened, so sickened by just people's life being disrupted for no fucking reason. Like, it just pisses me off. And then I wanted to say something about, you mentioned Sacramento. Um I love like gang and hip hop and rap like podcasts and like videos and like research and kind of talking about the cultures and you know Sacramento right now has a really interesting rap thing going on like hip hop like a lot of guys are kind of going at it in like different sets and different groups but you know Sacramento hip hop's really taken off uh, I was just going to mention that but but no to go back on the subject it's just I I think you're exactly right like you you see how, you know, you go from one area to another and it's just sad how there's just those different mindsets and different views. And yeah, you, it, you really have to like, I don't know, sometimes you have to step back and be like, okay, I got to realize where am I at? But I remember I would go, you know, it'd be like a Monday and Thursday, like the way or Tuesday, excuse me, it'd be Tuesday and Fridays, the way basketball schedules would be back in high school. And, like, we'd have a Tuesday game against, like, North Odom. That's, like, an old – that's, like, a white town, white, you know, county. You know, it's a bunch of redneck, you know, country people. Like, you know, it's a little bit higher class, but, you know, you're just, like, I'm out here in Odom County. You know, you're not really seeing anybody of besides white people. And, it, you know, and then you go, like, Friday, you might be playing Central, and you're in downtown Louisville in the – you know the west end that's maybe lower income area and so i i like that because you would kind of see the different views and the way people are and but it just always blew my mind that it's like it's like a 45 minute circle like an hour circle it's like it's less than an hour in a car and you got a town that might just be completely diverse and you got an area that's just not so it's just, I don't know, I feel like everybody just seems to be accepting. And even though you might come from an area, I think what I really like about you is you really, you stand up for what you believe in and you always speak the truth. That's what I do. That's why I feel like I really bond with you as well. 
And so I feel like no matter if you come from a tiny town or a big town, you just got to stand up for what's right. You don't need to, don't, don't get into the, all the other people's views and, oh, just because this whole school hates us, be different, be the outcast, because at the end of the day, you're going to change, you know, people and people are going to remember you. And like, that's what's big to me is legacy and contributing and helping. So it's like, I, I hate hearing how it's like, well, that's where I come from or, or when you work somewhere and, you know, somebody makes a racial comment or a off-putting comment, you're like, yo, what the fuck, dude? And then he's like, well, that's just where I came from or that's where I was born and raised or that's how my family, like, fuck you, like be different. You can change. Like clearly you just kind of slid into that box. So it's like, People could change, and sometimes it's good to just be an outcast and stand up for what you believe in. And, and that well, that's how you heal generational curses, too. And if you think about it, there are people who don't marry or date outside of their race because generationally, that's not okay. And so that's when you should use your voice and be like, no, I'm going to do something different because maybe you do get ostracized from your family, but maybe now you also have a new love where you guys have yep. kids and you guys teach a different, you know, like, speaking your truth I think and speaking it honestly leads to so many different avenues in life and people don't do it because they want to like be safe or they you know they want people to like them well then you never grow I can't imagine if my parents hadn't put me at that school and it was called Marion Anderson and it was in Oak Park California what the fuck is up um (laughs) but no that like if I hadn't been in that situation I wouldn't have learned how to stick up for myself or that there are different kinds of people or that my best friends would come from people who have different life experiences and I took that and brought it up to those mountains so when I did make friends there yeah I got to teach them something different and I got to expand their views on things and I got to you like you know what I mean yeah, oh, I mean, no, 100%. And, you know, something I was really flattered by, by Paige said to me, like, the other day, she's like, she was talking about, like, how you really have embonded that mindset with her since she's been podcasting more and, like, y'all been spending more time together of, like, n- like like your shirt says, not giving a fuck, like, and, and standing up for what you believe in and standing up what you're passionate for. And And I told her I'm the same way, like, here recently – you know, I am always supportive. I'm loving. I'm Mr. Positive. But at the end of the day, I'm only starting to allow people that like I want in my circle. I'm starting to like stand up for what I believe in. I'm starting to speak up. And there's sometimes I don't speak up because it's there's no reason to. But then there's sometimes where it's like it needs to happen. And you got to read the room and you got to read the situation. But at the end of the day, I I just I don't give a, I like in the day, I just don't give a fuck what people think. Like I want to, I want to stand out. I want to be passionate. And I just feel like that's why I feel like me, you and Paige. And I feel like since Paige is starting to feel away, it's like us three kind of are like, we're able to conquer the world, build our brands, take off with stuff. Because at the end of the day, it's like, we don't give a fuck what people think. And we, we're passionate. We're passionate people. And so I think that's just a wave I want to keep riding with. And, and I want to just keep standing up for what's right. 
I love that. And to go back on you mentioning Paige talking about her being more like, don't give a fuck since we've done the podcast. Yeah. That's something that I've noticed about her. But also, I think that's why it's so important. And we, and we always talk about like addressing your friend circle and making sure that you're hanging out with people that align with what you want. Because mm-hmm. in the same aspect that she's gained that, I've also gained being more with like easygoing and go with the flow and like accepting that things are going to happen on the timeline that they're going to happen on. And I can't control everything and being more like um, accepting and forgiving of people needing to reschedule things or things not going according to plan. And that all happens subconsciously by just surrounding ourselves with each other. Mm -hmm. But these are all positive things that we're able to say, like, we pull this from our friendships, you know, like, we pulled, I know that if I sent a group text to you and Paige, and I was just like, I'm fucking struggling with this, Hmm. you guys would be bombarding it with like, how we fix the situation or positive things. And people don't realize that maybe the reason that they're not leveling up in life is because they're not assessing their friend groups like that. So they're absorbing their friends bullshit or their family's bullshit. And you're not realizing that you change your thought processes and your energy based on what the person around you is doing with theirs. Facts. Facts. And what's also crazy is, is that I have finally hit a, you know, I'm 30, like I'm 32 years old and I'm about to turn 33 in October, and I am finally hitting the page in my life. (laughs) Funny page, page. But no, like I finally have hit that page in my life where I am starting to realize it's quality over quantity. I have always been such a social butterfly. I have always talked to everybody, been accepting, and I like, I'm always going to be that way. And I like knowing different people and, and having different friend groups, but I'm starting to realize the older I get, I got to start tightening that circle more because the more quality I'm getting, it's better in my life. Like when I spend time with Paige, like literally me and Paige Saturday, you know, that Saturday we hung out, we go around, we go explore stuff, we check out and we were just talking and it's like, it's quality over quantity. Like that was kind of just like the thing we were saying. And it's like, it, it's like, I want to spend time with, with people like you, like spend time more positive people. And you know, like I had just, I've recently had met a girl and I've been talking to her and like, you know, something she was asking me, like she started diving into my podcast and, you know, I thought that was really dope. And she was sharing with me, like, you know, how she was listening to me and she's asking me how different things change. And like, you talk about how you get things from different friend groups. I feel like Paige kind of gets that aspect, like not giving a fuck from like you. I feel like Paige gets the like for me she gets the build up like I told her I was like I always build you up but like I told Gabrielle the girl that I've been talking to I was sharing with her it's like you know Paige has really and, and you as well has really opened up my spiritual journey you know like I'm finding myself manifesting more I'm finding myself reflecting I got crystals in my car now and I got stuff in my you hey. know, living room. yeah so I'm saying at, at the end of the day you all have really opened up that journey for me and you all have opened up that support. Like, I feel like, like you said earlier in the episode, I feel support from you and Paige beyond belief. That's why I feel like you two are always going to be in my life. Very important to me. And that's why I'm always pumped to be on the show, pumped to be on your show in the future. Like love having you all on my show because 
I just feel like it's that's kind of what we were. It was meant to happen. We were kind of all three of us were meant to happen. And now what's crazy is I look at like my Instagram followers. I look at like certain cities and I, I get bored and I'll, I'll smoke and go check it out. And I'll, I'll match like, Oh, I'm seeing this in a couple Instagrams following me and I'm noticing like downloads from, I was bullshit like Spokane, Washington. And I'm seeing like, this has to be this person and they're showing people, but then I start kind of digging some more and I'm like, Holy fuck, that's your friend or that's Paige's friend. And I'm like, they're fucking with me too. And then I'm like, follow back. And it's just, it, it, it opens up this networking bubble. And so it's become pretty much this, this, thruple this threesome of us branching out and bringing in so many uh different people and it's awesome i mean i feel i feel like i don't even have to socialize with these people and i'm almost introduced to them just by like their pictures and seeing what they're posting and then i'm like oh shit they're about to be on her podcast you know like so it's just it's cool like that see and i like what you said where and this is what i like is maybe you're not as you're not a reader like me and Paige are and you don't do the the same things that we do but you're always so spiritually open about things and I feel like the friendship connection that we all have is like very like for a divine reason like mm -hmm. maybe it's we do things in the future we've talked about like podcast tours and we've talked about like do like putting something to get an event together and whatever yeah. and you're so open to seeing when those opportunities come up and then you you do you do manifest shit, but you also do like in our group chat and shit. Like you also do have like very open minded spiritual fucking things that you that you say. How do I say this? I feel like people have a certain idea in their mind of like what being spiritual means, mm -hmm. and just because somebody's spiritual doesn't mean that they're going to do it in the same way that we are. You manifest things in your life differently and yeah. you take different things from the readings. Like Paige giving you readings is so different than when I gave you a reading and it was like a mediumship with your aunt, you know what I'm yeah. like? And yeah. you pull from different things. And then you always, I notice about you, you always, um, know exactly what part of the reading is is attached to your life and you go oh i'll work on that oh yeah i recognize that i'm in that situation okay i'll use that mindset shift and i'll change it mm -hmm. and as people who read others that's a very like refreshing energy because so many people will hear a message and they'll go, oh, okay, kind of makes sense. And then they never apply it to their life and they never elevate and do anything. So it's so fucking cool to see we've done the readings or we've done the conversations and seeing you take that information and apply it to your life and then fucking go up the escalator. Yes. And I, I appreciate that. That means a lot to me because I take it very seriously. I've had readings before and, you know, it like, before I even had known you all and I had met other people and I kind of was like, you know, I'd feel it out, you know, I'd try to see how I reflected on my life, different things. But then once I started really like Paige gave me that first read, then you give me that reading. And then I'm starting to see, and I'm starting to dive in and learn and I'm listening to you all. And I'm hearing y'all talk about stuff and y'all telling me stuff. It, 
it really does like like that's why I believe in it so much because of how much how accurate it is to my life and how I see it play out and I'm almost make life decisions off of it just from the standpoint of like not that I'm like I'm oh god what should I do or should I text Paige or should I text you right now no it's just I want to see kind of how I play it. and then I, I like I like manifest and I like in my head seeing the puzzle pieces come together and like I mentioned the girl that I really like like I was talking to her last night and she she made a comment again like and, and it made me feel good because I was like I am and she was like you're very spiritual I was like yeah I am like I, I it's really become that because I share with her I was like I feel like you know I was like Paige gave me this reading I also been viewing some of Paige's like I was viewing some of her stories and like there was a story she posted recently and I texted her and I was like holy shit nailed it on the head because it pretty much summed up kind of the situation I've been in with this girl here recently and it was just it was very enlightening it was very positive and it made me feel good and then Paige also the last reading what I love is she's always given me the answers. She's always given me what's about to happen. She's always been accurate as fuck, like five times. And then like when she was in this room in this church and she read off the numbers and didn't even know who wrote the numbers and people are crying because of how realistic and, and like I'm sitting there listening and I'm looking at her and I'm like, holy shit this is so accurate like it's blowing my mind and so I've been such a believer in not only you but just Paige as well just from the standpoint of how this stuff's been so accurate and then that last reading she hit me with she's like I can't really even tell you like like I'm going to tell you what is going to kind of transpire but you got to kind of make that happen and the coolest fucking thing that she said to me, and it makes you so comforted, if that's the right word to use, that she was like, you're she's like, whatever you got to do, whatever pieces, whatever happens over these next few months, whatever fucking happens, like around December, your ear is going to end good. And it's going to end on a positive note. And like, there's positive going to happen. And it's like, you'll be going into 2023 positive. And you know, it wasn't maybe that those exact words, but the way she said it, it just reassured me because I was like, I believe in her. I believe in her ideas. And then it's just like, it kind of makes you just get on that high of like, hey, I, I fucking got this. You know, like, I, I can't question shit now. You know, I don't know you know, if that makes sense. Like, kinda. you get, um, yeah. So I, I, uh, I think that it's, it's similar to like a life path reading or a path reading. Mm -hmm. where you feel like you're getting told that you have chosen the right path right now and you're doing the right thing and to trust your intuition and keep going because she can see the path you're on right now and she knows that even though she can't see the specific outcome because everything can change she knows the energy that's at the end of that outcome yes exactly and what she's taught me about energy and what you've taught me and what others have taught me and just and also just what i've taught myself you know, it is a lot about mindset. It it really is like, it's about kind of how you wake up in the morning, like how you, how you go about it. And you might have the shittiest day planned, or you might have a lot of work to do or whatever, but it's just kind of like, it's just kind of how you make that mindset. And like, also 
I have realized too, not only talking about quality over quantity when it comes to friends, but I don't know if you've had this here recently, um, but like in my life, I've also really valued time here recently. Like I've been way, I've always been productive. I've always been like, have to go, go, go do stuff. But I feel like maybe this past year, I just feel way more productive. And I feel like I'm trying to use time more in a valuable thing. Like, yeah, I have my times where I'm sitting on the fucking couch, eating a bag of chips, smoking a joint and wearing boxers and fucking watching like reruns of some sitcom from the nineties. But at the end of the day, you know, yeah, everybody needs that time once in a while. But I'm also realizing it's like, as soon as I'm off work, Hey, I'm going to go do this. Hey, I want to go do that. Or, Hey, I'm going to try to figure this out. Or, Hey, I want to go meet with this person for coffee or whatever. Or I'm going to go podcast. Like, I, I feel like uh, I'm getting more out of life now that I'm like really valuing quality time. I mean, it's, it's hard to do when you're younger. It really is. It super is. And also I feel like as you get older, you realize how much time is limited. And yeah. so you're like, I'm going to make this count. And also the more that you have like, your own businesses and goals and personal like hobbies and things. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly like, I have 400 projects that I have to do today. And I have, now I have people that rely on me with like Patreon or whatever. Yeah. How am I going to utilize my time? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to sit here at the end of the night and I'm going to watch a show. But while I do that, I'm going to edit these photos or I'm going to clip this video together or whatever. So you learn this balance of relaxing yourself and being productive at the same time for me I I've had to really learn because my messages have consistently been rest and like with my brain disease and things like that that's something that I have to do but it's been so hard for me and this has been my personal struggle is learning how to rest productively mm -hmm. because I and with ADHD, I'm not somebody who I will never be able to just sit there and turn a movie on and be like, this is great. And that's something that my husband would, if my husband would love that, if I would just sit there and solid watch a movie with him, he would love it. But if I don't have my phone or I'm not doing something, like I'm not working on something and I'm sitting there, I'm literally like twiddling my fingers. I'm so anxious. And I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. Can we pause it just so I can get up and move my body and go. And he's like, dude, it's been 25 minutes. You got to fucking pause it. Like we're never going to get, and um, you're in the bathroom, like pretending you're like blowing your nose and you're like looking at Instagram posts and you're like, I got to go lap real quick. And he's like, Jurassic park is on. And you're like, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm actually looking up Raptors right now. You're like, so listen, <laughs> you're looking up Raptors. and then you're like, Listen, what's up, everybody? I'm the, he's like, are you on live right now? You're like, he's like, the Jurassic, he's like, it was a five minute commercial break. So, no, I get it. Like, people are like, and it's it's normal. Like, that's just the way it's. You know, you're. I can tell. That's why. Like, I feel like me and Paige are alike because we are type people where it's like, we gotta go, go, go. I'll be honest. Like me and Paige, yeah, we went and hung out. We went to Rooster, all this stuff. But me and Paige are like talking. And I'm like. We're so fucking busy. This don't even seem right that we're sitting down in a oh, fucking busy. Going, eating chicken. Like, I'm like, this is, this is like, I feel guilty that I'm taking a two hour break to like eat food and drink a beer, you know, or something. It's like, it's hilarious that it's like that 
that's how we think. But you have some people who could sit somewhere for fucking 14 hours and pound 12 Bud Lights and eat like a whole bowl of chicken and play on their phone and literally not do shit that did not even leave that place and just go home. And they're completely satisfied with the productivity level they did for that day. And then and I'm not, and here's the thing for the listeners, I'm not hating on relaxing. Trust me, I fucking get my relax on and my comforter on. But like, I can't go somewhere and be like, I'll go to an event or party and I'll be like, okay, like I'm gonna do this, this, and this, but I need to go. Like, I need to go at this point because I got shit to do. And I might even, I just, and then I find shit to do. So. Well, and I want to know from you. So I find that I can't, I can't look at such be in situations without finding an opportunity in the situation. Yeah. And so I'm constantly like, all right, cool. We're just chilling. But then I see somebody wear a shirt and walk by and I'm like, I got to contact my merch bro right now because I have a great idea for a shirt. Now that gave me an idea. I better do this. Like I that's something I work on. We went to, a, um, my husband and I went to a goddess festival and I was like, oh, we finally get to go out together, whatever. I'm handing out cards. I'm talking to people at their booths about being podcast guests. I'm sending out emails. I'm like, you know, like I, I found this girl who does these retreats and I'm like, oh, we got to like film that for Patreon. I'd love to come and do a women empowerment retreat thing. And I left and that is like, who we are as people and so I'm done fighting it and being like I would be so miserable if I went somewhere and was like I'm not gonna network at all I'm just gonna enjoy myself I would be like what do I do with my hands exactly exactly like (laughs) I'll be honest like it's crazy to me like I went to the Kentucky State Fair with a homie and I go to the fair every year and I always try to enter like my photography and then like they'll, they'll display your photos and like, I'm not in it to place or like for fucking, you know, anything like I just, it's cool to just have your photography out there, but you walk around and I felt like I caught myself here recently. This, this fair, I kind of turned into you in that situation. Like I'm going around and like, like there's a there was a stand where they're giving out pretzels and you can dip your pretzel in different like uh dips like garlic habanero or mango onion i don't know all these different wild dips so i'm dipping and then i just i catch myself and i just get into business mode i'm like hey you should be on my podcast sometime like hey you know you think your dip would ever spawn? And then it's just like, I start going around and then I start mentioning a couple other people. Then I start not even just from podcast standpoint, like I collect sports cards. I see some sports card guy. I'm like, Hey, can I, can I show you my box one day? Like you got time for lunch. And like, and my friend that's with me was like, I thought we were coming here to get play fair food and get games, like play games and shit. And I'm like, I, I was like, I just, I'm talking, I'm mingling. So yeah, it happens. Like, and I, I'm the same way. Like I see this, opportunity like especially the big event where i'm just like also i i feel like i failed if i don't say something or if somebody didn't say something like i get in the car and i'm like i fucked up you know like i didn't say shit or like hey i didn't say that you know i i feel that for sure just the product 
I love it though. I, you know what? I feel like you guys have gotten me out of my comfort zone with like networking though, because when I think back on it, when I first started the podcast, I was very uncomfortable with talking with people. I was very uncomfortable with even asking really? you guys. I, if I'm you shocked would... by that. I'm shocked by that. I mean, you seem like I am an person. introvert who comes off very extroverted. And the only way I'm going to be an extrovert is if money is involved. If <laughs> And that's like, and that's just the truth. When it comes to like individual friendships and things like that, I am very... I want to be your friend, but also I never want to have to hang out with you because I have to put pants on and I have to like schedule time. Yeah. But I'm learning, I've learned how to make the most out of my time in networking. I feel like from you guys, because you, oh, yeah. you are so, you're just so good at that. You're so good at going out and having conversation with people, even if, even you know, at the goddess festival. And I was mentioning talking with people and things I am second guessing everything that I'm saying, and I am shaking and I am so uncomfortable and I'm going through everything that I'm saying and thinking, should I have said it that way? Is this right? Do they have a true idea of the podcast and what mm -hmm. they're going to be talking about? What I'm going to be asking if they don't like my personality and they find out I smoke weed, is that going to be a problem because they're from Idaho? Like I yeah. I still go through all of these things, but also knowing that I have friends at, at the end, other end of my phone that yeah. I could be like, this fuck, this is how I'm feeling, or this is like, this is what I just went through. And no, that's just a normal part of building up being a quote unquote public figure or whatever, an influencer in any yeah. kind of way, because we are, we have people that listen you and I have people that listen to us every fucking week yeah. and who follow our shit and who know exactly what we're doing and we influence their energy and their mindset and force them to have different opinions on things and we still have to make sure that we stay true to ourselves it's so much pressure I feel sometimes of like yes this is my calling but just because you see that I'm good at it yeah. Does it mean that this calm duck on the surface isn't fucking freaking out under the water? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like sometimes people think like just because you have a show or a brand or like a podcast, like, oh, they just had their shit together. Or like they are completely like, you know, everything's perfect. Like at the end of the day, you know, you could put on like the podcast performance of your life, but might be having a horrible day outside of it. But I, I like how me, you, and Paige don't ever bring that out or show that. And we, we spread the positivity and we kind of fight our battles off the camera, kind of, you know, whatever we're dealing with personally. But what I love, too, is, like, we do network. We do. We are open. And, you know, I love seeing that how far you've grown and how far all of us have grown because, you know, anxiety is real and overthinking is real and um it's normal it's human nature but it's it's a demon it's a it's a battle and so like there's times where like like you know I had a couple scheduling issues I'm like I'm gonna record again tonight I got a few episodes this week so like you know I'm getting caught up I felt like I kind of had like a week hiatus and I'll be honest like I think it was like Thursday I'm alone and I'm like oh fuck like what the fuck am I going to do? And then I'm like, Hey, it happens. Like, you know, I might, you know, like scheduling happens. And so 
I'm I'm working on it as well of like growing that patience of like, hey, there's gonna be scheduling things, you know, keep pumping it out, keep putting it out, and you know, it'll all work out. But uh another thing I wanted to comment you on, and I feel like I just not only have seen you grow as a podcaster and your brand, it's like your confidence level has not only just grown, even though you do share and I love how vulnerable you are to be like, hey. I still overthink. I still have anxiety. I still, you know, you're, you're a perfectionist like me. You want everything yeah. to work out, but I love your confidence. You know, like, I don't know if, you know, for the listeners, anybody that's listening, because, because I, maybe I'm on here, you know, Jim and I has been doing some amazing photos. I think your modeling work's been great. And I love how yeah. you're, you're, you're doing these different things and you're posing and you're, you're showing like, you know, what you are comfortable doing, like posing and all this stuff. And it's just, I can see your confidence is just growing, you know, and you're talking about how, like, I think you said like your husband is taking pics and you've worked with other photographers. And so it's really dope that you're doing that because I can tell, you know, not only is your confidence growing, but I can just tell how much more you're loving yourself even more and more, you know, like I can, I can tell you, I can tell, I can see it. That means more than like fucking anything else because that is, I think that that has been the most uncomfortable thing for me, you know, um, to be like super like vulnerable about it. Mm-hmm. Being a kid who was a victim of sexual assault from a very young age and having that growing up. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, abusive relationships, things like that. Like you just, you learn that, um, for me, I felt like I wore jeans and baggy shirts because I don't want anybody to see me that way. I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't, I don't want you to think that like I'm attractive in any way. And I, I don't want to talk to people because I don't want anybody to see me. And then this, I feel like the podcast is a counseling session. So even without having shared those details with people, um, I've worked on myself in so many of these other areas with different guests that you have on. Everybody has a different mindset. Everybody has a different opinion. Yes. And I'll never forget. I had, um, uh, she goes by the medicated medium, but I had her on the podcast and she was like, she gave me a reading and she goes, um, there's so many different parts to your personality that people aren't seeing. And there's so many different things that you could be doing with your brand and, and, with your self-confidence, but you have used this being aggressive as like your, um, protective like armor. And she goes, and so nobody else gets to see any of those different versions of yourself. And I left that episode and I was like, I can't believe she fucking read me like that. Like I, I felt in my feelings about it and I was so frustrated, but then I'm like, okay, so if that's the message for me, I need to get outside of my comfort zone with things. I do have other sides of my personality. I am getting more comfortable in my own skin. And I literally feel like when I colored my hair red, I feel like my whole, I I felt like I outwardly expressed how I was feeling inside. And that looks good. It looks good. It looks good. Thank you. That was the decision of, I'm not gonna, that for me, coloring my hair red was taking back my power. Mm-hmm. And it was no longer, I don't want to be looked at when I walk into a room, so I'm going to blend in. It was, 
I have a purpose and you're going to fucking see it. And so now here we are with photos and, and, um, I was actually really surprised because I always thought that my husband would be like, that's my wife. Don't do that. And he's the most like, and now that I'm doing it, he's the most like, no, show it. Cause nobody else can have it. Like, you know, like, no, yeah. go at it. Show that because you know, yeah. it, one of my favorite things, um, uh, bunny, you know, who bunny and jelly roll are, yeah. oh, of course, bunny got a comment on her Instagram or on her TikTok, And somebody was like, what does your husband think about you being like an internet hoe or something? And she goes, oh. Um, he fucking loves when I spoil him with all the money that these rich men give me. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. And like, I, I just love that whole energy. Mm, and too, it's like, you know, you don't know until like, like you said, you thought he'd be like, oh no, that's my wife. Like you can't be doing it. But it's like, until you do it, you don't really know. And then it's like, oh, I like this. And so it's like, okay, like this all worked out. And so it's just like, you can't knock until you try it kind of deal. And I feel like that, I feel like that's the mindset everybody should have in everything. Like when they're trying some, you know, can't knock until you try it. Um, but the, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting too. Like, you know, I, I have several stories, you know, my life is, I have so many adventures, but at one time I was a strip club security guard and, uh, yeah. <laughs> And I was the back, I did, I worked in the back of the strip club and I pop in and like, you know, dudes wouldn't listen. Like they'd be grabbing the girl, you know, you, you put them in choke hold or you have to kick them out or warn them or, you know, girls were like, Hey, come help me. This guy's being weird, you know, all that shit. So, um, but you would sit there and like girls would be like smoking their cigarettes or like having a drink and they're sitting there talking to you you know, you're the security guards, you're just hanging out, you're just staying in one post. And, you know, I, I was talking to a few of them and, you know, it's like, if you were married, you know, have kids and they're like, oh, you know, as long as the money keeps coming in, he don't give a fuck, you know, or like, you know, I don't tell the kids, you know, the kids think I'm a doctor, you know, like all these kind of stories. The kids think I'm a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah I swear like that kind Dr. of Dr. Sprinkles is up on stage. <laughs> Dr. Sprinkles. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, she's writing prescriptions, like you need a motorboat. And, you know, it's just like, it, it just gets to a point where it's just hilarious. And so, but it's cool to hear though, like, you know, how people, yeah, it's like, there's some people who's just like, yo, go do it. I've always been the type of person where I'm like, I have that viewpoint that your husband has, where it's like, if you're my girl and you're out and you're looking hot or you're showing off, it's like, it don't bother me because it's like, at the end of the day, they can't have it. You're coming home to me at the end of the day. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, that's my girl. Like, look at her. Like she looks fucking bomb. So it's like, right. I, I think it's weird when people are like, you know, like, it's like, do you, do you want to be dating a nun? Like, do you, do you want them to be covered up head to toe? And it's like, don't, don't show anything. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I, I've even heard, I've even seen it and it's sad. And like, I've even told some of my buddies where like, I've gone out to like places, you know, and it's just like, I've had buddies where it's like, you know, you go on a trip, maybe like Cincinnati or Indy with a bunch of couples. And I've even seen a couple of my buddies where it's just like, oh, I didn't know you're wearing that tonight or so, making comments. And I'll, I'll check them. I check them and I'll be like, 
what's wrong with you? Like, what are you talking about? Like, and you know, you kind of see people's true colors, you know, they don't. And so it's, I think it's really sad when, you know, if you're, if that's your partner, you shouldn't be controlling them. You know, if they're comfortable and that's what they want to wear at the end of the day, if you trust them and that's your partner, there's, there should be no concerns at all. Like it's not like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's yeah. The trust. And it's like, Oh, whoop de do that some cleavage is showing her stomach. You know, we have laws. It's not like she's going out, you know, nude, even though I have to spring this up. It's a Monday. I'm on 18th and Broadway in Louisville talking about laws and nudity. There's a woman with no pants, butthole naked pants down walking with high heels. I post on my Snapchat. I double take. I think I quadruple taped. She looked crazy. And what's hilarious, the best part is this girl that I know, she literally is like the most naive, innocent person like in the world, like been literally like sheltered her whole life. And her name's Katie and she sends me this message and she goes, oh my gosh, Eric, why is that woman wearing no pants? And all I wrote back, <laughs> and all I wrote back was, it's crap like she's wearing no pants because of crack like like there's it's not because it's a warm day i have pants on right now i'm totally fine it's crack and she's like oh and then my favorite part of that my favorite part of all of that oh and then i open that snap and i'm like whatever and then i see and get another snap and i open it again from her and it says would you smoke crack? I said, no, I'm not smoking crack. So it just, I love people that are naive and just ask goofy shit. And I think that's the funniest fucking question I've ever been asked by somebody. It's like, oh, I got a snap. Would you smoke crack? <laughs> like I wanted to screenshot it. I was like, this is the craziest snap I've ever got. So pretty fucking funny. Cause I was like, no, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. She's like, oh, I was just curious if you would like, do I look I was just curious. yeah it's speaking like... of crack we're in the car yesterday and uh, my son is almost seven I was raised so sheltered about things that like I'm probably more open and like have more conversations and like necessarily whatever but you're gonna go out in the world and whatever so we're in the car and he's uh, it's uh my father-in-law my husband and I and my son's over here talking about how he can't wait to be 18 because he's going to do whatever he wants. And he's talking about, he wants a license. You know, when does he get to have, when does he get to drive a car or whatever? And so I said, my rules are you can have a car when you have a job and you can afford the gas and the insurance on that car. And, um, and I said, and if you want to be doing whatever you want at 18 years old, you're going to not be living in my house and you're going to have a legitimate job. And I said, a legitimate job. Like you're going to be doing something where you go to an eight to five or whatever. I said, you're not going to be a crack dealer. That's not what's going to happen. And he goes, a crack dealer. He goes, what's crack? And I said, it's drugs and it gets you in trouble. And some people think that that's a big way to make money, but I'm telling you right now, you'll go to prison. And he goes, I don't want to go to prison. And I said, nope. So you better listen to your parents and follow the rules and get a real job. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, I feel like the two things 
that you could hold over his head now now that you just taught him that it's like all right we're in idaho we're raising him in idaho so here's the deal you ain't gonna be dealing crack and if you fuck up you're becoming a potato farmer and so it's like there's no fucking potato farms here (laughs) send him up north he's going to the tip he's going to the tip of idaho like that's what you should do do you do you want to be a bad kid and he's like no if you are i'll send you to the tip of idaho to become a potato farmer (laughs) actually you know what um i will say idaho has this program and it's called um the youth ranch and basically they take kids who are on like bad paths and they go to and they stay at this ranch i think it's a couple months and they get like equestrian training they have to take care of animals they have to go through classes they still go to school on the premises and it's a total like rehabilitation on a farm for kids that are really struggling they and they raise all that money they have um thrift shops and things and so they raise the money for this program by having these thrift shops it's cheaper than goodwill all the money actually goes towards the program like yeah. they they do a lot of things for helping youth here yeah. um but it's also idaho so okay i'm gonna tell you this and again i'm i'm just like showing my parenting here um this might have been extreme but he's been getting in trouble for stealing and lying and every time he does better with it he gets rewarded and then he goes right back to it well he what did he do he stole oh he he was getting in trouble and then he went to um the tractor supply store with his grandpa and he tried to steal he tried to steal um like cat toys and things in front of the cashier and so i i was in the car with my sister-in-law and i fucking had it and my sister-in-law goes you know what you need to do is you need to call the police department and scare the shit out of your kid and i'm like fuck yeah i do so i called the we live in a very small town yeah so i i called the police department and i said um i have a little i said i have a little kid i said he's really young but he keeps on like getting in trouble with things and he doesn't take anything seriously and there's no consequences I was just curious if it's possible for you guys to punk him and say that you saw on the surveillance camera at Tractor Supply that he was stealing and you want to come and talk to him about it. And the lady, (laughs) so I get a call from a sheriff and she was so nice. She goes, I'm going to come out to your house. She goes, you can write a witness report and I'll, I can take him to juvenile hall for the night. And I said, he's only six. So I don't, I don't want to do that. I, I'm like, and so in my mind, I'm like, fuck, am I going to like get my kid arrested? Yeah. And so I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I said, I would really just love for him to know that like there's consequences outside of me as his mom, because he knows that I'm not going to like bury him in the backyard, you know? Yeah. And so I would like, so she comes out, she's talking to him and he's like, I have cats and I just wanted to get toys for them. And she's like, that's cool. I want to have a kid. Can I just steal you? And he's all, well, no. She goes, but I want it. But I want to, I want to keep you. And he goes, no. She goes, yeah, you can't do that. And so um, at the end of all of this, she's like, I wish that more parents would do things like this with their kids where they started it young and they like corrected their behavior. My kid was scared shitless. Um, I, I don't want to go to jail. Like, good, you know? Uh, I'd rather you cry now and be scarred and remember that shit and not be a crack dealer. 
And um, not be crying in jail. And not be crying in jail. So she goes, and I also want you to know that here in Idaho, like you can spank your kid. That's a, that's a thing. She's like, you know, don't leave bruises. That's pretty much the Idaho law. And I felt, I'm not very big on physical punishment. I think because of stuff I mentioned, like just having so much physical in my life, I don't think that that helps too much. But there are some times when your kid's disrespectful and you want to turn around and backhand them in the mouth. And it's just so nice to know that when my kid is old enough to like withstand my backhand, that it's allowed. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest, like me not having kids, I can't really speak on it. I'll be honest, though. I'm not going to say their name, but oh, my God, I was OK. I was over at a friend's house hanging out and some other friends. I don't think they'll hear this. Hopefully I don't fuck it. I don't give a fuck. That's why I just said earlier. I don't give a fuck them. Fuck that. Kid. No fucks given. It's on the promo. No fucks given. So here's the thing. This fucking, this fucking couple comes over and I'm, I'm playing Madden. I'm playing fucking Madden with my buddy and we're in the zone and his baby's between us. And this couple comes over who just was in the, the neighborhood and saw that I guess I was over, swings in, brings brings the kid in. The fucking kid was awful. And you know what's the, the worst thing? And I'm playing Madden. And luckily I'm really good at Madden and I'm beating my buddy's ass. And so I'm kind of just like, I'm not even paying attention. Every time. So if the dad went over to the kid and was like, stop. Mom! Mom! Every time the mom go over, it's like, it's like pulling them apart, like putting them together, like fighting them. And I'm like, and literally I would hear the mom like, please stop. And like my buddy who has a baby, they got one of them swings that swings like a fucking egg. It's going like 450. It's like it's like a 450 dollar thing. Like he told me that like two weeks before. Mm-hmm. This fucking kid been over for five minutes. He's like swinging that shit. Not they're like they don't give a fuck. Eric's like looking at me and I'm like I'm like bro say something. Like it's your fucking house and he's like can you can you get the kid? Stop, please stop. I said, somebody, I paused the fucking game. I said, somebody stop the fucking kid. It's a $500 thing. This pussy won't say nothing. Stop the fucking thing. Okay. Okay, there's a difference between, like, having no discipline for your child. It drove me crazy. I guess I I would rather. I just had to vent about that. I haven't got to vent about that. That was the worst parenting and kid I have seen in my life. And I wanted to look at the kid. And just go, you're a shithead. But you know what I did? I just focused on the video game. I, I, I thought about it. I said, this ain't my kid. They can do better. They know they need to do better. I'm focused on the game. I won the you're game. You're going to become a parent. And, and I said, every I'm kid in your vicinity is going to be parent. I'm telling you, once you become a parent and you are in charge of a kid, all, all children that come in my vicinity, if you are in my area and your parents aren't fucking handling it, knock the shit off. And... Oh, you want to hear what happened to me last night? I go to a fucking... Okay, so yesterday, 3 o'clock, I get invited to my buddy's one-year-old birthday party. 
I show up, fucking all these couples I went to high school with and I've grown up with, got their kids over. All the kids are like seven and under. So everybody calls me Uncle Sleaze or, hey, there's 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 Sleaze, you know, and all the kids are like, oh, Eric will play with this, blah, 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 blah. So I'm out in the backyard and one of the dads, I have a racket and the racket is like, Pexi glass is in the racket and there's a ball and the ball's like a rubber ball. There's another Pexi glass racket. So when I come out in the backyard, this is what I witness. One kid kicking a ball, two kids racketing a ball back and forth. And then some kid running around like a football. So I come out, I'm like, all right. I was like, let me see one of them rackets. You know, I'm so one of the kids just busted her racket like one the two sisters had just, one just busted her racket so that kid's kind of like mom fix the racket so the mom comes out she's like fixing the racket my friend's wife she's fixing it so his her husband he's like i'm note i'm holding his daughter's tennis racket thing he throws me the ball i hit the ball the ball goes far i don't realize the racket has shattered now at that point this little girl looks at me who I think met me three times in her life. You ruined everything. And I was devastated. I went inside the house. I said, and my friend looks at me. She's like, you okay? I was like, no, I ruined everything. I was like, I ruined everything. And the dude comes in. He's like, hey, bro, that was a Dollar Tree tennis racket, bro. Like, I'll get another one. Like, don't worry about it. I know she was hard on you. I'm like, bro, she just fucking told me I ruined everything. And he's like, yeah, that was pretty deep. I was like, yeah, yeah. So I got roasted yesterday. So yeah, over a Dollar Tree fucking tennis racket and the fucking plexiglass just split. I was like, oh no. I was like, oh shit. I I just, just slow motion. I just looked to the left. And that little girl who gave me the racket, just like this. And she had her fist and she's like, you ruined everything. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I just take off running. I was like, this kid just fucking beat me up. That's like parenthood in a nutshell too, where like, I got told I was the worst mom the other day because Matt, my child, he um, he didn't oh, feel good. And so I picked him up early from school and I work an hour away from the school. <laughs> the worst child. So I, I work an hour away from the school. So I went, he's so sweet by the way, but he just, yeah. So I went and I picked him up and we get home and he wants to watch TV. And my husband's like, hey, like when he comes home early from school, we're not rewarding like with TV. Like I don't want him getting in the habit of, if I say I'm sick, I can come home and watch TV. And so I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So I told him that he had to go in his room and lay down. So he's in his room and he's crying. And I'm like, Hey, like, stop crying. That's not going to help you feel better. You yeah. know, it is what it is. And you're just the worst mom because I have to be in my room right now and I don't feel good. And I want to be on the couch. And I said, I bet you, if you just take a nap and rest your body, when you wake up, I won't be the worst mom anymore. And he's like, you will be, but okay. And so he got to sleep. And when he woke up, he's like, I'm sorry. I said you were the worst mom in the world. You're not the worst one in the world. I just wanted to watch TV and it's okay. Um, can I watch TV now? 
<laughs> can, I, can I watch TV now and please not please don't arrest me please <laughs> everything, he asked for, everything he asked for the rest of his life please 18 hey hey like you didn't put a fork on his side of the table you served dinner mom can I get a fork please don't arrest me <laughs> your no, own damn I... fork hey you get your own damn fork or a cell you pick oh my he runs to get that fucking fork <laughs> I probably sound so harsh, but like parenting is so difficult because like I said, I didn't have any, my mom had, when she was, 50, she had, she turned 16 February 25th and had me May 25th. Her mom yeah. died when I was one. Her dad lived on the East coast. I was raised by a single mom and I had no parameters. And mm. then she met my stepdad and got with my stepdad. And then it was such strict rules that I didn't follow any of them I had no understanding of drugs or sex outside of assault and uh healthy boundaries and things like that and so and I didn't understand at all how the world worked and so my thing is like you know I don't talk to him about obviously like sex and drugs and things like that I just mentioned like crack dealer but I also want you to know from a very young age that you have consequences for your actions and you can't go out here and do whatever you want and think that your parents are just going to take the brunt of it. Mm. If you go out and you steal, like stealing and lying to me are like, those are things that I those are character defining things to me. If you're an honest person, to me, like you could fuck up royally, but if you tell me that you fucked up, I'll help you through that. Maybe you have consequences, but we're going to get through that as a team. But if you lie to me, I'm like, fuck you. You're on your own. And that's the same with stealing. Like, I don't want you fucking stealing and being untrustworthy and not being able to get things and whatever. So I don't realize that young. Well, I'm saying they don't realize either that you know it doesn't just affect them it affects you it affects your husband it affects everyone that loves and cares about the kid because you don't want to see the kid get locked up you don't want to see the kid be in trouble you want to see what's best for the kid and you also you don't want to deal with the shit you got enough on your plate work your brain your your marriage your kid motherhood like you don't want to be sitting here having to deal with calls and conferences or bail money and shit i'm just saying you at the end of the day everyone's got to keep better in their life and improve in their life and you know if that's 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 majority of your life that's your kid that's that's kid you love so i definitely think you know you're doing everything that's best for your kid you know and you you love your kid it's gonna work out kids go through phases and you know like i I think like I was four years old. I never did anything bad as a kid, which I was like, I was not sheltered. And like, yeah, I was kind of wild, like in high school and college, but like I played sports and I think I got more wild towards the end of high school. But it's like, I, I think I stole a balloon when I was four years old. Like it was deflated, like just in, it's at a party store and they had like a little bin and I think they're like a quarter or something. And I stole one, but I just remember I got in the car. And we went in there for something. I was with my mom and my grandma. And I said, look, I got a balloon or something stupid. I was four years old. And I just remember my mom's like, 
you marched that balloon back in there. I didn't buy a balloon. And like, I went in there and I get back the balloon and I apologize. And they're really nice about it. They see I'm fucking like four years old. And I just remember my mom, I guess, gets out of the car, comes up and she just starts screaming at me. And she's like, what is wrong with you? And it's like, start slapping my hand. So I'm like, and I don't think she ever like responded or like ever. And my mom and dad never, they never got spanked. Like I had a good childhood. They were disciplining me, but like, you know, take things away and stuff, but they were never, they were never brutal or ever violent or up. But I just remember that when I was a little kid that like I fucked up and saw a balloon. I just remember like embarrassed my mom, embarrassed my grandmother, you know, and my mom was like hitting me or nothing, but she's like slapping my hand. She's like, you don't do that. And I'm like, you know and i'm like and then like the crazy thing about it is you know i think i thought balloons were just common and like balloons were just shit that like people just gave out like fucking candy or something because or like stickers because like oh charlie's which is like a restaurant that was really big in louisville i think there's only like one here by my house maybe two it it pretty much would like have balloons tied to the tables and they give balloons to the kids. And, you know, I'm going to restaurants in town when I'm like growing up as a kid, I'm seeing helium everywhere. And it's like, here's a balloon, you know, and you're like, Oh fuck, you know, I'm just expecting balloons. So when I see a balloon, I think, I think, you know, that's my explanation. You know, if I did get arrested at four, that's what I was going to tell the judge. Like, Hey, you know, I'm seeing balloons everywhere, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you're like, I'll be my own attorney. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I am my own attorney. I'm seeing balloons everywhere. I got a fucking clown. He's like making balloon animals as my attorney, but it's just like, <laughs> he's like, Hey judge, what do you want me to make for you? Judge is like, make me a dachshund. He makes a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'll make your bail 10 bucks, Eric. Okay, fucking fucking balloons a quarter. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. But at least you but you remember that though. You remember Yeah, I do. I will never forget my that. hand and I'm not gonna steal because I don't like when my mom smacks my hand. My mom calls the cops on me. I don't want to steal. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, and what's God. crazy about it is like I'm not a cop caller person. Like I am not a get the police involved when I'm doing yeah, fuck the cop. <laughs> but no she was dude she was hot she was so not actually my husband came home yesterday and he was like i saw the lady cop that you're talking about she is fucking hot and like I'm that like, little lane song mrs officer it's like wee wee. She's like, so up, girl she's so hot and she she said that it's frustrating for her because um because i told her she was hot so she said that it's frustrating for her because um she said that the day before she had been arresting somebody and that the guy had been like, you're so sweet, honey. And like, didn't put up a fight. He's like, you're so sweet, honey. Like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, and she was so irritated about it. And I was like, you need to tell him like, no, I'm a bad bitch in charge. Like it was, she was so nice. It was so cool having her. She was just such a nice person. It was, it was not, she was talking to him so gentle and she was not being like, scary and whatever it was it honestly was the perfect situation his behavior has been so much better since that it's been a couple of weeks but I was like I refuse for you to think that there's no boundaries when you're six because when you're yeah. 16 
the only thing I'm going to be able to do is punch you in the face. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's way more consequences then. And wouldn't it have been hilarious once you had that talk with the cop? You're like, hey, you're really hot. Like you should use that bad bitch attitude. And then out of nowhere, the next fucking day, you and your husband are riding in town. Her fucking office outfit's a crop top now. And she's wearing the Reno 911 shorts and the fucking boots. And she's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, she really is hot. You're like, holy shit. Are you shit. living in my fantasies? Good yeah. God. <laughs> and she looks over at you. She's like, Gemini, thanks. You know, I'm just saying, like, I can see it now. Like, you just fucking changed the whole thing. And then, like, cops are calling you like what would you say to what you say to officer diane you know i don't know i'm making up a name but that's so amazing (laughs) whatever officer judy whatever but i just i would be so hilarious like the little reno 911 shorts and just i don't know i i feel like if i wasn't an outside officer i would wear i would wear like reno 911 shorts like, I feel like I would never want to be an officer, so I can't. I never really. would. I never would. But if I had to be, like, if I was forced, like, if we live somewhere, like, in a country where, like, you have to do one year of cop service, you know, like, you have to be, I would, like, I would probably wear, like. That would be cool for everybody to have to do one year. I don't think, I, I don't think that I have the patience. I could never have somebody be getting rowdy in my face and being yeah. like, I'm not allowed to beat you with this nightstick. You know, like exactly. I, and so I, I just, I can't put myself in those situations, but my friend, um, we've been doing this for an hour and a half. This is awesome. It's been a blast. This has been amazing. I'm literally getting off of this and posting your episode right now. Hell yeah. Um, I'm so glad it's I'm honored. Be the most, accurate episode ever is yes. there anything that you want to leave listeners with yes yeah, so uh vibing with sleazy the podcast uh season three right now going to be having a few episodes here coming up um i will have uh diana aka gemini on my show soon i'm very very excited so i'm always honored and i'm can't wait to talk to you there uh i want everybody if you want to reach out babin with sleazy gmail.com babin with sleazy the podcast facebook instagram um reach out show love tell me what you hate tell me what you love um you know anything i've talked about on the podcast today reach out uh you want advice on fantasy football you want advice on just anything or you want my opinion like reach out i'm happy to help and i'm so honored i'm so pumped and and happy for your journey and uh can't congratulate you enough on where you have gone and and i'm so honored that you've had me on in the past and now you're having me on now and i'm i'm happy and blessed to be a part of your ride so thank you well thank you friend i'm excited um i'm actually going to be posting the whole video for patreon so what i'm going to yeah. do is i'm going to send you a link so that you can watch the video yourself without having to sign up Okay. Hell yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I just, uh, I am, uh, again, I'm very honored and thank you. And everybody, you know, show all of our podcast love. We, we do, we're in the podcast world all around. So download, listen to all of us. Cause I'm telling you we're delivering cool shit. I love it. All right. Well, goodbye, my friend. I'm so happy we got to talk and we'll talk later. Yes. Peace. Bye. Bye.